And, uh, and, and my priest, uh, Father Cheney, he goes, yeah, you know, when, when we started out, you know, so, and so, uh, we, uh, I mean, honestly, we really didn't even know what we were doing. And the guy goes, yeah, that was apparent, but he's like, but honestly, he was, kind of, he said it was kind of endearing, you know, was that, that you weren't like overly polished. You didn't have it all together, but he could tell that we had a passion that our priest was just so passionate about getting this done, whether or not he knew how to fundraise perfectly or anything. And, uh, and we were willing to, to ask him to be there. And so anyway, he said, I'm going to help you again. And he ended up sending in a million dollars. Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the One Visit Away podcast. Did you know that I have a course on major gift fundraising? It's called Major Gift Millions. You can find out more at onevisitaway.com slash millions. There's nearly 300 people enrolled in that course. It's 40 plus video lessons of everything. I've been teaching my coaching clients for years on how to succeed at major gifts. One of the beautiful things about the course is that you have 30 days to request a refund if you don't find it transformative. You can roll in the course and go through the whole thing. And if it's not transformative, just ask for a refund within 30 days and it's yours. Not only do most people not take advantage of the refund policy, uh, many people upgrade. Just this past month, I've had several organizations, they purchased individual access uh, a while ago and then decided they wanted their whole team to go through it. So they upgraded to the team access and it's really cool. They're going through it as a team. They're watching the videos together, discussing them afterwards. It's a great training opportunity for your team. And again, individual access is $1,500. You have access to it for life. Team access is $5,000. That's for you, everyone on your team, every future hires to have access to this training. And it is a game changer. And again, if it's not, just ask for a refund within 30 days and it's yours. So go check it out, onevisitaway.com slash millions. I'd love to see you enrolled in the course and I look forward to seeing you there. In the meantime, enjoy this great conversation with Brian Wilburn. Well, welcome to the One Visit Away podcast. Brian, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Pleasure is all mine. So Brian, we were just talking about you are a host, a co-host of a podcast called Just Ask, Rethinking Development. It's a great podcast. And if you could, um, yeah, give me a little, I'm just curious personally, what's the kind of backstory behind that and how'd you get started? Yeah. So the backstory behind that, I guess that podcast has been going on for a year and a half, something like that. Uh, and how, why, how I launched into it. So I had been doing fundraising at that point, seven, seven years professionally, kind of like 11 years uh, in all. Um, so I, I really started that podcast because when I looked out there and of course, Kevin, I didn't know that one visit away of you're, you're an exception here of good, good fundraising podcasts, but there was a, well, when I looked, it was people that honestly were doing it who had no idea what fundraising actually was. They were not in the field. And so I wanted to create a podcast where it was actually people who were like, hey, we're doing this alongside you. I'm still doing it. I'm in the trenches. I'm not like, you know, because I would like go to these data. You know, you, you see these guys sometimes if you ever uh, have a fundraising database, which you should, 
you go to these trainings for the database and I think, wow, I don't think any of these people have ever fundraised in their life. They're like, you know, what you want to do is you want to record this. And I'm like, why? You know, so, <laughs> right. so that, that was, that was the, the kickoff truly was that I wanted to take what I had been learning through fundraising and help people who, you know, maybe they were starting off or maybe they've been doing it a while and just have that uh, medium forum where we could talk about how do you actually do this right? My co-host, Greg, likes to say, I wanted to, Brian, I want to do this podcast with you because I want to stop stupidity. And I was like, what do you mean? And it is literally that consultant thing where it was kind of like these people um, who, you know, say you got to fundraise something. You, Oh, we got to build a school. We got to hire somebody. We got to do X, Y, Z. And the first thing to do is, well, let's look for the most expensive company out there because they've got to be good. And oftentimes they are not good. And we wanted to get good information out there. Um, and yeah, Greg, he runs a consulting uh, business of his own. And I always recommend him because I know, I know Greg, he helped us out with some stuff we did for our uh, capital campaign that we've been in for the Newman Center where I work at, St. Paul's in Fargo at North Dakota State. So um, yeah, I wanted to basically help people to fundraise. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. It really is crazy to me how many uh how many well-known major gift voices there are that have no idea what they're talking about and and exactly what you said is like the sometimes the most expensive firms they're expensive because they have to be expensive because they built they were just trying to build this big business with like, if we, if we can get enough, you know, brand recognition and kind of clout, then we'll attract clients who want to work with us because we've worked with really big organizations. And then we can hire all these people who can read our textbook on how to raise money. And we can still bill like crazy high fees with people who have never done this. Yeah, that's a whole topic for another day, but I appreciate uh, you guys stepping into the space, uh, actual practitioners, and you know, sharing some wisdom and some stories, and uh, and it's a good time. So everybody, go check out their podcast. We'll leave a uh, link in the uh, description or notes or whatever it's called. And uh, with that note, anything else you want to share before I ask you to tell us some uh, some stories? Oh man, uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing on the podcast front. I mean, that that was more recent, but yeah, you know, I could. I guess we'll probably get into my background. I assume. Tell the people what uh what you want them to know. How would you get started? Tell the people, uh, yeah, it's well fundraising for me. It started as kind of a feast or famine fundraising because I started after college as a focus missionary fellowship of Catholic University students. Um, and I did that for four years. I wasn't sure if I'd do it for two or more. I ended up being four years. And so I fundraised my whole salary. And a lot of the missionaries that do that, they, I don't know, some of them, they, they never end up, they never learn to like it. They hate it. And I actually, I, I enjoyed it. I majored in business. Um, and I had done a, a really intensive sales internship in college where I was walking into, this was, you know, 2010-ish. And I was walking into businesses and I was selling them on something they didn't know they needed 30 seconds before. And I would go in cold call to about like 30 businesses a day. And I would do this. And I was I was selling print advertising at a time when web was taking over. So that's, that's what I'm like, 
dang, you know, and they're like, is this good? And I can remember this, um, you know, this, this guy that coached me uh, in that organization, they did you, they did, they sent us off to Chapel Hill, they wined and dined us and they trained us. And I remember listening to the session on how to sell it. And this guy, I asked him after the session, I said, do you actually believe that this product is going to help people? And he said, yeah, hundred percent. And I was like, really? A hundred percent. That's uh that's pretty good, sir. That's like duct tape. We're selling duct tape. And no, we weren't, Kevin. We were not selling duct tape. So the guy, you know, is encouraging me to be less than honest. And what I took from that internship, I learned how to sell. I did above average uh, in the group, but I realized I don't ever want to have to be in a position to sell something that I don't fully believe is going to help someone. I just don't want to do it. So when I went and did fundraising, I knew I believed 100% in my own mission. And so that was, for me, it was, it was easy to go out there and present that case. And I found that I really loved the relationships I got to have with my mission partners because I saw, you know, year over year when you kept that relationship, invested in it, how they would increase their investment. So I, I enjoyed it. And then I was in my third, fourth year and uh, my pastor from my old Newman Center in college uh, had this crazy idea that he wanted to build this new Newman Center. He wanted to start fundraising and he wanted me to come back and I wasn't ready or he really wasn't ready the first year that he told me about it. And I decided to do one more year of focus. And then in 2015, um, he got, he lured me away. I, I decided, you know what, let's do it. Uh, my wife was up for the adventure. We left Denver. We moved to Fargo and the rest is history. I started on a campaign that started as $21.5 million. And now, um, that campaign, we went public in 2016. The campaign has grown to be um, over $33 million. And to date, we have raised over $33 million. So we've we've, <laughs> we've kept with it. <laughs> That's all. Okay. So where does that, where does that place you? Is the campaign over? Is it, uh, in uh, a, we're going to see what happens. No question. Well, you know, I, if anybody wants to know out there, don't ever tell people you're done until that last brick is put in, until that last mm. dedication mass. Just don't ever say that you're done with the campaign. We uh, we hit our goal back, I think it was in March of last year, and we really felt good about it because we had already increased the goal a couple times. Um, and, and the people, I mean, we have some amazing benefactors. And yes, we did great work, but they're just so amazing. And and we we they kept with us on it. We kept after it. And we hit the 33 million and we really thought that was a solid number. And it, it just turns out it wasn't. Um, so where are we at? I'd say, you know, it, I don't know where the end goal is going to be until that last brick, probably around September, October this year. Um, but, you know, I can say we've raised, uh, yeah, I mean, we've raised over 35 million now. And I think we're going to be, I think we're going to come out close on this. Um, so <laughs> less than okay, 40, so, so Yeah, less so than y'all 40, have like- 35. How's that sound? Y'all have broken ground and it's Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're okay, we're near we're nearing completion of the chapel. Everything will be everything is done except the church. Like I'm sitting in it right now, but everything Okay. Uh, everything will be open in the September, October of this year. The church will probably get dedicated around then. Okay. That's awesome. Um man, that's cool. So when you say Fargo, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. I do not think uh, big city, big money, major donors all Ooh. around. Yeah. Now, that could partially be because I don't know much about Fargo. 
North yeah. Dakota. I Are think I've been in, there. In Texas, Kevin? Is that where you're Yeah, at? yeah, yeah. Texas? I think, I think I've been there once, but... Yeah. Do you know what the population of Fargo is? Like how big uh, is this? Okay, place? so we're like a we have a Fargo, but they always call it Fargo. One hundred and twenty six thousand people well, is what that, Google says. Okay? But we've got Moorhead across the river, so if you count it all, I think it's like two hundred and twenty thousand. Okay. Now the reason I bring this up is y'all have raised thirty five million dollars in essentially a small town. And a lot of people have this idea that like, well, you know, we just don't have any major donors and, you know, we don't have these, uh, you know, the Jeff Bezoses of the world and the whatevers. And uh, you and I both know that a major donor does not look like what a lot of people think, which is just like driving around in their Tesla and, uh, you know, yelling at the barista because their cappuccino isn't made fast enough or whatever. Can you, can you think of any stories of like, uh, you know, somebody that wound up making a, a gift that was like kind of wowed you with, with how, uh, how significant it was given just their, they didn't look like a person of, uh, great means initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. There are, oh, there's a number. I mean, North Dakota, yeah, you're, you have a little bit. People, people, you talk to people in some places like out east, they think, they think like we still have stagecoaches and that the, you know, it's cowboys and Indians, that kind of thing. So I'm like, yep, it's, uh, there's, you know, there's still some action going on out here, but, you know, it's pretty safe now. No, uh, there are a lot of people like that who won't even, uh, that don't look like the part. The one that comes to my top of my mind is someone who's become, um, uh, an incredible donor for us. I met this person and it's funny because they eventually, they came around to our Newman center and the students literally, they, they thought he was talking to our pastor outside of, uh, outside of the church. This was after knowing him for a while, um, outside of the church. And the students thought that a homeless man had come up to father and was bothering him. And they were like, Hey, who's that guy with father? I said, that's one of the biggest donors of this entire project. I hope you know. Because literally, he just doesn't care. If you looked at him, uh, picture a guy wearing black basketball shorts. If he's on a on a fancy day, he's wearing maybe like a polyester black shirt to match it. If he's not, it might be a hunter orange shirt. Um, he's wearing Crocs always, and he is got like a camo hat on. He's just chilling, and he is, this uh, this guy. I met him off of a referral, so. If, you know, if you're, if someone ever gives you a referral, just call them. Don't be a chump. So they, uh, so this guy, I, I love this guy, Larry. He, uh, he had given me this, um, such a good guy. He had given me this referral and, uh, and I said, okay, yep, I'll follow up with him. And he had given me something that I, before where I was like, what is this? And so I, I said, but you know, I'll call him up. And he said, you know, he's done well. I think you should talk to him. And I gave him a call and right off the bat, you know, he started to tell me about some different things he was supporting. And this uh, person that gave me the referral, he had told me, he said, hey, don't call him before the end of the year. I know he's made a lot of gifts. Just call him right after the year and start to talk to him. Okay. So I call him and he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, I just finished off. I made these gifts here or this this place, this place, this place, this place. And you know what? I, I went to that Newman Center back in the day. I like what you guys do, you know, and I and, and uh, I started to talk about, you know, what we were doing. And, and he said, huh, I wish you'd have talked to me before the end of the year. You know, I'd have given you... 
$50,000 or something, you know? That's what he said, right? And so I said, oh, well, hey, that's okay. I would like to see you, though. And he's like, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do later. I'll help you. I said, no, no. I, I said, I, I would like to. It's what I do. I said, I'd, I'd love a chance to hear your story. And I just share a little more about it. So I go and meet with him. Um, and I know that sometimes people have this formula of like, well, after you've done three visits, you have looked at the equinox, the solar equinox, and you know it's time. There is no, it's, it could change in the time, right? Sometimes it takes a couple of visits. Sometimes it's the first visit. And with this guy, I could tell right away he wanted the business and he wanted it now. Um, and so when we, when I met with him right away, um, we started to talk and he said, all right, so what's up? And so I explained where we were at that time in the campaign. I think at that time we had raised around yeah, maybe like 20 some million. And uh, I explained where we were at, where we were going, what we wanted to accomplish. And I, I pretty much cut to the chase, but it was hard because again, there's nothing anybody would have ever known about this guy. I just told you what he looked like. And I'm literally in his house with him, right? And so I'm there and I'm like, okay, what are we going to do here? Uh, but I, I said, no, I'm sticking with my guns here because based off of the kind of gifts he had talked about making, I said, I think I'm going to ask for this. So, And, and what does the house look like? Uh, <laughs> well, it's not a bad house in North Dakota. We would call it nice. Um, yeah. But it was on the surface level. It's basically kind of a, a rambler style house. The kitchen is smaller than my kitchen in my own house. Um, not very large. Um, he's got a nice yard. It had a good, you know, good size yeah. yard. Maybe it's on an acre or something. Uh, but yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it was very simple. Um, he showed me the basement, which was redone, but I, I would classify <laughs> this as very much uh, a middle-class home, middle, middle-class and not high middle-class either. Like right. nice home. Um, but he, uh, yeah, great guy. And, but it was like, literally, I'll tell you, it was within, he jokes about this with me now. He's like, hey, you're only there for like 60 seconds. And I'm like, that's not true. It was, <laughs> it was like two minutes I was there. And we talked about what was going on. I uh, explained our case. And then I asked him for if he would make a gift of $250,000 or more. And he looked at me and he went, hmm. And I could tell he was thinking in his mind. And he said, I'm going to shoot for that. But um, I'm going to do everything I can for you people. and." And you might even be surprised by what you get. And I said, hey, thank you for that. You know, and he, he didn't sign a pledge for 250000 that day. He said he was going to shoot for it. He gave no promise of that. And I said, okay, great visit. And, and I thought what after that, you know what, I'd like Father to meet him. I think that's the next uh, best move to make here. So, you know, probably about a, like, I don't even know if it was a month later. I said, hey, you know, so-and-so, I'd love to, I'd love to have Father come meet you. And he said, you don't have to do that. He's, if he doesn't want to, I said, we're already going to be out there. We'd love to see you. Like, let's get together. And he said, sure, come on in. So we stop in. And at that visit, he wrote us a check for $250,000. And then he ended up, um, long story short, he ended up giving, um, he ended up giving $5 million to the project. So that didn't all come, that didn't all come at once, right? So that came in, in stages. But I, I tell that just to say, like, I mean, sometimes you have absolutely no idea and you really can't judge a book by its cover. So Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he shot for the 250 and uh was... <laughs> he overshot that didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that is incredible. Um <clears throat> man. So wow. It just deserves a moment of 
quiet contemplation. I know, you know, and I, I thought about even telling that because I've listened to some, some of the, the your podcasts before, and I know that you're like, ah, those people that have that gift where the guys are like, hey, come here. Uh, did you just come out of the bathroom? Come over here. That's about $5 million for you, son. Uh, and I honestly, we've been at this campaign for since 2014, 15, silently, public in 2016. We've never, ever had something like that happen. This came in year number like six or seven of the campaign. Um, so we have been working it. And well, honestly, we've, right. had, we've had so many $5 million asks that didn't happen. Um, yeah. That this was, uh, honestly, it was just following up a referral. I'm really glad I said, and more or more, you know. Right. <laughs> but then, uh, right. It happened in stages. There's obviously a lot more behind the scenes and things. But, I mean, you find somebody who's got passion, uh, who has the ability and and you know, and God's in the mix and watch out. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so this, I like this story a lot. This does not fall into the category of uh, the type of story I do not like, which is uh, the, so the type of story I do not like is, uh, hey, you got to go to X, Y, and Z conference because Johnny went there and ran into, you know, daddy big bucks at his booth and he just gave him a million dollars on the spot. I hate those stories because they are uh they do not represent any of the skills and disciplines required to be successful at major gifts. What you did was like was all textbook. He just happened to be super loaded and generous. So it was like, you know, you got the referral, followed up on the referral, called the guy, said he didn't there was no reason to visit with you but you overcame the objection, told them you still want to do it. You said, you know, I, I love lines like that. When somebody tells you something like, you know, there's no reason for us to meet. Uh, you know, I, I already, you know, I know everything I need to know, or I don't want to waste your time. And you told them like, this is what I do. Like letting people know, like th this is, if you were to say yes to a visit with me, it would make my week. Like just whatever the thing is that you can come back and not just be like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll just sit around and wait for your check, which is what 95% of all development people do. That's all textbook. So I love that story. Um, I think it's amazing. It's inspiring. And it, uh, yeah, it just goes to show you, you got to do the hard work. And sometimes it takes six or seven years of making the calls, going on the visits to get the really big win. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks for that. Um, it, uh, I wish I could go to those conferences, though, to get a million. If you know him, tell me. <laughs> that would have made our, my job a heck of a lot easier. But, uh, yeah, right. Oh, man, that's awesome. Okay, so what uh, what else did you prepare? I'm sure you've got some something you'd like to share. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, I was thinking of that. Well, oh man, I could tell you the bad stories. I could tell you the good stories. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's hear, let's hear a horrible one. Let's, you let's hear, hear like. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, there was, there's obviously not everyone has turned out to turn a uh, $5 million donor for us. There was, uh, well, there was two that really stick in my mind that way. One of them was more recent. And you get, you get seasoned enough in this that actually, um, I find them more entertaining than everything, uh, than anything at some point. But there was a guy and essentially he wanted to, we had been approaching him for years, asking him different times to get involved. And we even asked for a specific amount um, at one time. Uh, and he was like, no, no, no. And then he even kind of guilted us later. He's like, I can't believe you asked me for that as a gift. He said, but I'll tell you what I will do. 
uh, if I, you know, if I work with you guys uh, on your project, if I get part of the job, I'll give you a percentage back. You know, that's what I'll do. That's how I do it. You know, and I said, you know, if you got the job and, and out of the goodness of your heart, you wanted to make a gift, that would be great. Um, but I said, what you're describing sounds a little more like a quid pro quo. And, and we don't do that. I, I actually, I can't accept that. And he said, oh, I can't believe you would say that to me. That's uh, we we've won awards for our generosity. I can't believe you tell me that. I, uh, you know, you know what, Brian? People like you, they come and go, but we'll still be here. You know, and he's like, uh, unless we die. And, he, and I was like, okay, well, you added that. Um, but I was like, well, I'm still here. Uh, but, I, you know, I did see as well, so many people are in and out of these organizations. And, and I, I, I could see you're never going to yeah. success doing that, just kind of coming in and out all the time. Call it like a fast, fast food fundraiser. But, hey, that was, a, that was a fun thing to get that day. I came home. I said, honey, guess what? Some guy, I think he might have threatened me. He said, you're going to be gone, buddy. And we're still going to be. I was like, is someone coming to my door? Are they going to come <laughs> yeah the other one was uh oh, the... the priest that i work with he's a, a pilot father cheney uh so kind of one hmm. of a kind that way it's his hobby uh so we've flown to a lot of visits it's great to cover ground in north dakota there is some places that are no fun to drive to so so we fly hmm. a lot uh we flew to this spot and everything on paper looked amazing this guy um huge farm i mean he's got a website for his farm it's so big and it's just monster oh. and uh He's a great, he's an alumni, he's Catholic, mm-hmm. hey, things are lining up. And, uh, and he kind of gave me some, you know, hum ha on the phone. But, you know, I said, hey, we're going to be there. I want, I, I would like to sit down with you. And he said, all right, stop by. So, okay. So I'm like, great. We fly out there, we land, you always get the airport car. Sometimes it's oftentimes like a dusty old minivan with no antifreeze left. And so it's heating up, <laughs> we're driving and you're like, oh, it's going to make it. <laughs> so we pull up to this farm and it's like, it's like the North Dakota version of like Home Alone 2, where it's like, welcome to the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. It's, it's like, welcome <laughs> to the biggest farm of your life. And it's got these pain <laughs> bins that are just monsters. And I'm like, yep, this was correct. And uh, we pull up and right away, I could just tell something's off, right? So he comes out of the house and he comes, you know, gruffle and out, standing, you know, and he, and, he, and he comes out to us. Garage door is open, right? There's a lady in there. This will become important later. So anyway, he comes out and he talks to us. We get out of the car and he goes, oh, hey, well, what's up, guys? Uh, and I'm like, obviously, you know. So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, what's going on? And he's like, yeah. So then he starts to launch into everything wrong that he sees with how college campuses and they're so liberal and not and not. And, you know, look at me out here. I'm a farmer. I'm just trying to do my thing. And you know what? I had to pay, pay $300,000 in taxes last year. And I'm thinking – that sucks, but that, you probably had a pretty good year, right? So that's what I'm thinking. And uh, he's like, yeah, bro, bro. And he's like, and those college campuses are done. And I said, you know, they are kind of a scary place, I said. But, you know, at this point, he'd kind of already gotten me going a little bit. And I said, uh, but, I mean, should we just abandon them then? You know, just let them all go to hell? Or do you think we should try to try to reach them with, for the student? And he said, well, no, I don't think we should just let them all go. You know? And so he that happened right but so anyway and this is all happening like outside outside and as you've arrived yes we're (laughs) we're standing in his yard people are working in the background and then this woman who i perceived to be his wife Greg, because i did my research is in the garage and as we're talking she never really introduces herself i think one time he might have said oh it's my wife over there and she said hi but all the while she's sweeping out the garage and she's sweeping and as she's sweeping this cloud of dust 
keeps getting bigger. Now, this goes on for about 20 minutes. He never invites us in the house. He just keeps talking. And I'm kind of wondering at some point, I'm like, hey, do you want to sit down and talk? And he's like, well, that's, you know, his wife just keeps going. And then at some point, he finally goes, we're kind of like, <coughs> and he goes, you know, uh, honey, we're trying to have a conversation here. You know, could you could you not do that? She's like, well, I got charged to do. And uh, so he never stopped. And he never invites us in. And he just, and, and, and well, you guys are kind of the last one to the trough here. And, uh, you know, and, and I just, yeah, no, I don't have anything to give. And so burp, that was the end of it. We didn't get a thing. And it's just like, sorry. Uh, and that was dust, man. I still can smell it. Wow. Oh, that wow. And y'all were like wearing uh, suits oh, and stuff. And, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I was in a tie. I mean, we're not overly fancy, but father, he was wearing, he was wearing black, right? But yeah, the whole time he just never invites us in the home. I'm thinking, you know, cause you know, usually have rapport on the step or something. Okay. But then he's going to invite yeah. us. Yeah. Never invited us in. Um, and to this yeah, day, man, never, never given a gift, but, uh, yeah, no. What an I, interesting uh... <laughs> something. Something else too. I, I feel like uh, encouraging wise. I have uh, you know we've had multi, you know a number of different donors. You know, three thousand donors to this project. But you know, ten percent of it come ninety percent of it comes from like ten percent of people. They call it eighty twenty right. business in the church. It's like ninety ten. Well, yeah. so we were visiting with one of those ten percent. Someone that's been an amazing partner, multi million dollar partner to this project, and uh, not the same person I was talking about before, um, but we were visiting with them and it was such a refreshing conversation. This was getting to um, getting, this was just um, within this last uh, within this last year, you know, we're getting to the end of this project. This is someone that's already been so generous to us, but you know, they're still, we're still trying to get there. We're still trying to, to, to reach the end. And we just came out to see him and we said, Hey, this is what's going on. This is where we're at. And this is somebody that he's always been straight with us. And he told us, he's like, you guys aren't doing this for 21 and a half million. He's a, he's a very seasoned philanthropist. And he just was like, you're crazy. You're not going to do it. And we were like, don't tell us that. But he, uh, he just knew. And so I came back and I said, Hey, you were right. We, we weren't able to do it for, for X. I said, I, I think we're, we're getting close. People have all been in all in on this, but there, you know, there's only so many people that they can only do as much as they can do. And so we wanted to ask if you'd be, be, be with us on this again. And he laughed and he's like, yes. Uh, he said, I, I'm going to help you guys. Uh, and then, you know, he's, he got, and then he kind of got real with us. So he was like, you know, he said, it's kind of funny. He's like, you guys have always been just kind of, I don't know. I just call it like, <laughs> like everyday people to come to him. He said, usually I call him like the, he called, he had a term for it. It was like, he called it like the super major gift officer. He said, usually you got this guy shows up in a suit and he's like, and every time at the 40 minute mark, out across the table slides this golden proposal. And here it is. And it's time to make the, and it, he's like, every time, 40 minute mark. And, uh, and, and my priest, uh, Father Cheney, he goes, yeah, you know, when, when we started out, you know, so, and so uh, we, uh, I mean, honestly, we really didn't even know what we were doing. And the guy goes, yeah, that was apparent. <laughs> so he told us that, but he's like, but honestly, it was kind of, he said it was kind of endearing. You know, is that that you weren't like overly polished, you didn't have it all together, but he could tell that we had a passion, that our priest was just so passionate about getting this done, whether or not he knew how to fundraise perfectly or anything. And uh, and we were willing to to ask and to be there. And so anyway, he said, I'm gonna help you again. And he ended up sending in a million dollars. Um wow. project. So 
Yeah. I mean, don't feel like you got to be overly polished all the time or have it all down pat, you know, and sometimes that's even off putting when you come, you don't want to come across as the super major gift officer, you know? Right. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. It's, uh, yeah, people are so worried about the, the fear of not having everything perfectly in place causes so many people to not go have the visit. And it's like, Nothing good happens while you're perfecting the thing you're never going to go talk to somebody about. And so I think that's I think that's beautiful. And I love those stories, too, because it's like the other reason sometimes we want to be perfectionists is because one out of 50 or 100 experiences is negative. But that's the thing that sticks with us so much. And it's like it just doesn't happen that much. Most of these people are just really nice, generous, want to help kind of people. And they're not looking for, well, you didn't do this in the exact order. And, uh, I hate, you now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So possibly my final question about a visit, you've told some, you told one that didn't go well, but that was because, uh, that was because of how the donor acted. Is there anything you can recall that like you did that was just like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe I <laughs> I said whatever or just uh, failed in such a miserable way. This is or maybe your most awkward encounter. Title of the podcast is <laughs> yeah. where we really come to it. Kevin's like, yeah, talk about the good things you did. And he's like, okay, now let's get this done. So guy who thinks he knows what he's talking about knows nothing. Um, yeah. What times that I put, I certainly, certainly I put my foot in my mouth at different times. I try to avoid that. Um, the thing that comes to my mind, two things, um, you know, the first one was, uh, obviously everyone has those moments of, of just like not asking high enough and someone's like, yeah. And then, you know, you messed it up. Uh, and there's, there's a number of those and you learn, uh, yeah, you learn, but you still, sometimes you do it. But the other one is, um, I just could tell one time that I must have, I still can't figure out what I did in it, but I must have pushed too hard or was a little bit too, um, you know, calling them a little too periodically and they didn't take it well. And, um, afterward I tried to send a note to say, Hey, sorry, it's not going to work out this time. And, you know, I, 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 I felt like there could have been a good connection here, but, but, you know, if it changes in the future, let me know. They took that letter very, very hard and they were so ticked off by it. They're like, we're basically, we're never going to give another gift. And, uh, they did though, years later, we had someone else in the organization talk to them and they, they ended up, you know, being willing to say, I like this work and we, and we will support it. But I saw how, um, you know, I just, I, I probably was not caring enough about the donor, um, and being careful in, you know, respecting that, Hey, if it, whether or not I pushed harder, it was just their perception. They, that was their, I guess, lived experience. And so you need to respect that. Um, yeah, sometimes you have to let one go, let it, let the field lie fallow and, and live to fight another day. The other one was simply don't, always, if you're going to go have like a debrief, which I recommend after visits or after a call with your team or something, shut your phone off or don't take your phone with you. I actually pocket dialed a donor once. Uh, and I honestly, I wasn't trying to trash him, but I think sometimes when you just talk about, man, I wish this would have gone well or something else, 
phrases in, in isolation or by themselves, you can look like a real idiot. And that's, I, I think uh, I was able to save that one, but it didn't go well when you get a text that says, hey, uh, I think I heard some things and I don't appreciate what I heard. That's a bad text to get, right? And so that's only ever happened once, once and only once in my life. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so always speak with charity about your donors and be careful because act as if they could always be listening. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> because they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, okay, so yeah, th- those are great, and thank you for for sharing those. I think the the idea of you know always talking charitably, I think is a is a huge one. It's also it's funny. I think it might sound like we're saying don't put uh, negative things in writing or in some way that could like self incriminate you. But really what we're saying is just don't say things like that. Like there's, (laughs) there's always like exactly what you're saying. Stuff can happen on a visit where maybe we're talking about, maybe the guy was kind of obnoxious or we, we think there, there wasn't uh, the level of generosity that maybe we think should, Mm -hmm. should be there. There's a way to talk about that that isn't like slander you know, attack yeah slander yeah. or attacking the person's character yeah. and and it's really easy it's really easy to fall into those things and so i think that's a great great reminder yeah no and that's 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 what i'm going for and you know there was uh i think someone we mutually know uh mike perkins he uh wants yeah, some wisdom i've talked he's given me wisdom directly this one i think flowed through another guy but he said never say anything negative there's enough people that are going to do that you know, just say the positive. Um, I think that was either Mike or actually it might've been this other guy, Jim Holdman, but either way, great advice, just don't say negative things about people. Um, there's enough people out there to do that. Yeah, for sure. Well, this has been awesome, Brian. I love your stories. I love your enthusiasm. Um, go check out, uh, just ask rethinking development. And as we close up in the last couple minutes, You've got a uh, new, I'm assuming, part-time position with Petrus as a consultant. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell people a little bit of what, about what you do real quick and how they can get in touch? Uh, yeah, I work uh, working with Petrus um, as a consultant for them right now on their annual manual program that they do to help mm. create a sustainable fundraising model for uh nonprofits. So that's what I'm doing. I know the big thing we have coming up is obviously the big uh, Raise 23 conference in June. So you can find that at, you know, Petrus's website. Uh, But that's a really great one. I mean, I went when I was kind of bottoming out in a sense in 2018. I wasn't bottoming out in terms of my work, but I just, you know, in your mindset, you're kind of like, what am I doing here? And it was a great, great boost. So if you feel like you're kind of floundering, great. It's a great conference. Boom. That's awesome. Brian, It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on the show and look forward to talking soon. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Pleasure. That was Brian Wilburn. I hope you enjoyed his enthusiasm, his passion, and uh, just his overall joy for the cause of fundraising. And as always, um, go check out my course, onevisitaway.com slash millions. One of the reasons I created the course is I kind of hit a limit with how many coaching clients I wanted to have. And there's still dozens of people who are reaching out to me wanting help in particular areas. And if you've noticed, many of you will email me or message me on LinkedIn with a question about major gifts. And if I haven't responded, it's just because I simply don't have the time. 
It's one of the great things about my course. The answer to your question is probably in there. If you want to start scheduling more visits, closing more gifts, have more fun doing it, go enroll in the course right now. Again, you have 30 days to get your money back. So you can go through the course, find the answer to your question, or if it's not there, um, or if you just don't feel it was transformative for whatever reason, just let me know and I'll give you a refund back. But if you want my input on how to do a particular thing in Major Gifts, the answer is most likely in that course. If not, I'll give you a refund back, or you can just look through all of the uh, you can look through all of the lesson titles on the website and probably know if it's in there or not. But I hope you go enroll. I love seeing everybody get enrolled in the course and starting to have more success. And as always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from closing a $5 million gift from somebody wearing Crocs.